Pop Punk and Pizza podcast is presented by Pop Punk Takeout, which is a monthly subscription service that delivers merch from pop punk artists from all over the world directly to your door in a takeout box. You can learn more and sign up today at poppunktakeout.com. You can also follow them on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok at Pop Punk Takeout. I'm going out, I gotta go, I'll bang a ring on the radio. So turn it up, I'm telling you, I think I'm ready for something new. Hey, hello, it's nice to meet ya. Hey, come in and have a slice of pizza. Hey, hello, it's nice to meet ya. Hey, come in and have a slice of pizza. You're listening to Pop Punk and Pizza with Jacques Lamore. Yo, what up? Come on in, grab a slice, have yourself a seat, uh, make sure you grab something cold to drink, and uh, let's get to it. I'm Jacques L'Amour. Uh, we have a really great show, by the way, a really great guest. Really looking forward to uh, having on the podcast someone that I have not talked to in uh, very many years, so I'm, I'm excited to catch up with him. Uh, but before I welcome our guest on, I want to let you know about a uh, contest we're currently running on the Pop Punk and Pizza Instagram. So uh, you can uh, go to our Instagram page, which is uh, Pop Punk Pizza Pod, and we're currently doing a vinyl giveaway of the first two TLB records. We've uh, partnered up with Humans Were Here Records to do this giveaway. So uh, the records look like this. I've got them in my hand. I will, uh, you know, ship them directly to you if you end up being the winner. And uh, all the uh, details for the contest, of course, are on our Instagram page. It's pretty simple. Um, We are uh, running the contest through uh, this Monday, which is the 27th. So you have until midnight, September 27th, to enter this uh, sweet vinyl giveaway here on uh, Pop Punk and Pizza Podcast. And actually, if you don't know who TLB is, uh, you can actually find them. I I was going to look up... completely forget i was going to look up which episode of uh, pop punk and pizza they were on but if you scroll through all of our episodes of pop punk and pizza you'll find uh the episode uh with uh tlb um so anyway our guest was the front man of real friends and uh now he's focusing on what was always uh i would say considered from the public's view a a side project now has become his main project and uh, someone that I used to play shows with back in the day as well in the Chicagoland area. I'm not even sure if he remembers because I didn't even ask him before uh, we we uh, came on to do the interview. But let's uh, welcome Dan Lampton to the podcast. I remember. You do remember. I okay. remember playing in Kankakee with the projection. Are you kidding me? <laughs> I wasn't sure because it's been like, I don't know, it's been like 10 years or better. Like I literally, the last time we saw each other face to face and actually spoke in person was like, it was like 2010, 2011. It was right outside Bottom Lounge. I forget who was playing Bottom Lounge that day, but I was there. I think I was passing out projection CDs or something like that. When I could have sworn it was after that because it wasn't really that long since we even played shows together. Yes, um, it's been, it's been that long. It's been like literally. What what was so funny is like, um, and when uh, that last time I saw you was you know the first time I had seen you in a while, and I was like, yeah, man, what are you up to? And you're like, oh yeah, I'm in this this 
new band now. Um, I'm the uh, lead vocalist, you know, and I was like, I was like, wow. I was like, this is, you know, that's that's different for Dan, who's, you know, I mean, you obviously sing in, you know, the Exoskeletons, Barcay Couture, you know, the many names of the band. But uh, I mean, did, did you, we never play together Projection of Real Friends? I thought we did. No. No, I don't. I don't think so. Not to my okay, recollection. Maybe, I mean, I maybe mean, my memory's just scrambled because I know. I know you knew like Kyle and stuff, right? Yeah. So, um, fastest kid alive projection and either Bard Kate or Exoskeleton. We all three of us played shows together. Um, Did we do but, that Beecher show together? Yes. Okay. I, I think that happened twice too. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. It happened at least once, if not twice. Um, and we, I, we played so many shows together. Um, it was, it was always so much fun, and you were always the most um, uh, animated on stage out of all the band members <laughs> in oh, Bard K Couture. You're just like jumping around and going crazy. And it was funny because I always felt like, um, I don't know, do you remember our, our uh, guitarist, Brett? Yeah. Remember? Okay. So like you and him, I think are like the same age. And I remember you guys always bonded and I felt like you guys had like a lot of similarities because you would both just kind of like, you know, just jump around and kind of go crazy on stage, you know, and, and, uh, really put on a show. So yeah, it's just, um, it's wild to, to finally be able to, to, uh, talk to you and catch up after all these years <laughs> oh yeah so what have you been up to man <laughs> let's talk about uh, that <laughs> i mean uh been a lot of time at home uh i've you know we've been working on the rationale uh stuff for a hot minute now um originally it was gonna be like four songs and we were talking about doing like two different eps so like mm -hmm. you know uh last like maybe august september of 2020 uh we wrapped up like getting the first four songs like mixed mastered recorded all that good stuff and then um you know we had a couple other songs that we didn't know what to do with and we were we thought maybe why don't we just go finish those put them all together make more of like a record i guess which to some people, eight songs isn't a record. Uh, but if Kanye West can get away with seven songs being a record, damn it, then we can do it too. I you know? I always had this thing where like six songs is an EP. Like that's your like max for okay. an EP. And I feel like over six is a record but that's just me like you know everyone's got like their own <laughs> rule on that i feel like so i feel like eight is a record some people yeah. might argue 10 but i feel like eight is is pretty you know i would say yeah. that constitutes as a, a record because technically if you were well which you are pressing it on vinyl it would have to be uh two different sides or is it yeah maybe it be two sides two sides and i guess depends on how long you know each song is but you might have to have more than one you know record oh that's uh, when it gets expensive oh my god <laughs> yeah but i think this one probably all fits on oh on, yeah on one on one record two sides you know oh yeah but um but yeah i mean it's uh so how soon i i mean i ration when did how did rationale come together was it just literally from being uh chums with knuckle puck and just hanging out with them all the time that you're like you know what let's just make this thing how did how did that yeah. come together um i mean because i met 
I didn't meet Joe until uh, maybe like a year, year and a half into uh, Real Friends. I had been a fan of Knuckle Puck before. I'd seen them a couple times um, at like Box Social, which used to be next to Congress Theater. Uh, I saw them at uh, Evolution Music in Tinley as well, which is where Real Friends used to practice. Yes. Um, and I had just been a fan of the band. And then eventually Joe and I had become friends on Facebook and like we like had known about each other. And like, you know, I can't remember who was the one that pushed ad friend. But then after that, then we started <laughs> hanging out all the time because it's like, you know, we're from similar areas. He was always hanging out uh, in the south suburbs and stuff. And then, um, you know, after like you know, maybe two or so years just hanging out all the time. It's just like, oh, why don't we also work on some music? You know, I think we were driving around, uh, you know, indulging in uh, some, you know, I'll just say we were smoking weed. Um, <laughs> I mean, you know, it's it's technically legal nowadays, right? Yeah. So there's, you know. At least in our state. So le- well, that's true. And and it seems like more and more are, are falling in line. I mean, eventually, eventually it's going to be, a, it, it's got to be a, a federal thing, right? I don't know. Maybe it At won't ever point. get. You would think so, but I don't know. Maybe, maybe that's still quite a few years down the road but anyway yeah, so either way but yeah we were you know we we would just hang out so much that it's like well why why don't we start a band and stuff just try working on some songs and then like i started learning more of like the the rudimentary stuff behind like recording demos because until then i hadn't bothered having like a macbook or anything you know just like the basic stuff needed like like uh, i i then got a two-channel interface as well which then helped me to then produce some better quality demos and stuff for real friends as well. Cause in the past, you know, I would just grab my phone and I would set it up in the corner uh, of a room. I'd play on my iPod, one of the demos that I have to put on there through a speaker. And then I'd yell into the corner of the room, at least for real friends demos and stuff. So like, um, well, and there's still some yelling and rationale too. A little yeah. Bit. yeah. Um, uh, but the, you know, it kind of really, got me to step up um my gear and like songwriting and stuff and just produce stuff at least on my own that would be closer to what we might see like in the studio and stuff and to have a better idea instead of sending like oh here's like one song spread across like five or six different voice memos and stuff on my phone yeah that's not uh very easy to work with it's like yeah so number uh, two, it actually goes first, and then number three, yeah, <laughs> number three exactly. voicemail goes in the middle, and you know, so it's like all compartmentalized, you know. Yeah, and 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 it, you know, it, I think it just made better quality products, uh, at least f- uh, from my uh, contributions to real friends and stuff, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would imagine so, especially when, uh, probably when it came to. Uh, when you were, you know, constantly touring and trying to write music at the same time, you know, it pro- probably when you really had to hunker down and write something, you'd have to really get to the nitty gritty of it, I would imagine. Yeah. You know, instead of s- screwing around on on uh, just a, a vo- voice memos, you know? Oh yeah. hundred so. percent. It just, it just gives you the, the better idea of how everything's going to be a lot more cohesive and all that. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I mean, I, I was thinking about this before the interview um, about, you know, the, the pop punk scene last decade that 
real friends and so many other bands were a part of and well i mean still are a part of you know and what do you think made that that push uh what do you think made that why do you think that ended up being the time for a new wave because i mean you were in it you know and you still are in it um I just feel like we're already onto another wave, you know? <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, I don't necessarily know how to 100% answer that. I think it was, um, I think there were a couple bands before us that really kind of led the way and were gaining hype. Bands like uh, Wonder Years, Man Overboard, Set Your Goals, uh, For Your Strong, bands like that that were doing really well. And then, like it was just another wave for us to get like excited about and being like, Oh, there's still people doing this, still people contributing to it. People are still able to live within this scene and operate within it. And there are people going out and and we were all fans of those bands too and stuff. So it was just, uh, I think we were kind of riding on like their success within the genre as well, like inspired us to be able to kind of like take a stab at it. And I think a lot of other pop punk bands benefited from them kind of sowing the seeds of the scene. Yeah, I would, I would absolutely agree with that. It just, it just particularly in, in Chicago with both real friends and knuckle puck and then other bands joining the line on that as well. It seemed like Chicago became a, a hot spot for that and continues to be a hot spot for, you know, for the genre. And I was just curious to hear what your take is on why you think that is about the Chicago, scene. Chicago specifically. Um, yeah. Oh, your guess is as good as mine. Um, you know, I know in like uh, the early days of Real Friends and throughout, like we had uh, Kyle was booking shows at Centennial Lanes that were like incredibly successful and like, you know, kind of led uh, to other people to want to book shows there and kind of have a place uh, not quite as uh, full time and permanent as something like Mojo's was or had been, but still a place to play in the South suburbs when nothing else really had existed. Like you'd have to go to the city for all that. But uh, other than that, I, you know, I think it's just, uh, I don't know if it's right place, right time, or just, I don't know. I don't know what it is. It's just, we just have a lot of talent in the city, you know? Yeah. And, and you brought up Centennial Lanes, which is perfect because I feel like that's, it's, it's those, it's always bowling alleys, isn't it? Cause you know, Chicago had the fireside bowl, Yeah, you know, Tinley Park <laughs> had Centennial Lanes. I mean, there's just something about punk rock music and bowling that just, you know, you even got the, the punk rock, uh, bowling festival in, uh, Las Vegas, you know. Okay, like, I didn't know that, about that. Yeah, that happens every year. Um, you know, so it's like there's just something about those two, but it, it, there's also just something about playing a venue that's not like a venue, you know, like yeah. you're not playing Bottom Lounge, you're not playing Metro, you're not playing Sub T, you're playing at a bowling alley and it's just there's something about the aesthetic of that. And I think I think that's that's probably what played a big factor into um, you know, pushing uh, Knuckle Puck and Real Friends and and the other bands that that came to be out of that. Yeah, definitely. I remember when um, 
Knucklepuck first headlined Centennial Lanes and they brought in a stage and we were just like, oh shit, like now we got to step up. Now we got to have stages every show <laughs> and stuff fun. like, damn it, Knucklepuck. <laughs> why do you guys have to do that? <laughs> oh man. So, you know, uh, it's been a, almost a year and a half or so since, you know, the departure from Real Friends. Yeah. Um, what's what's that process been like you know coming out of that and you know into other things obviously leading to new rationale music as well but just life in general like how's that been uh kind of peeling back the layers from the the real friends era um i mean i think that i would i'm in kind of like a more of a special situation because like quarantine happened immediately after that. So it's, it's just kind of been like, well, this is kind of my life off tour anyways, you know? So it was just, uh, it's been fine. You know, I've, I've uh, had a lot of ways to occupy my time. You know, I've been doing a lot of DoorDash lately. So that's been something good to like, kind of, dip my toes back into, uh, I guess the workforce. Um, I've been streaming a bunch, uh, on Twitch. I've been doing that over the last couple of years, but that definitely picked up more, um, during the pandemic. But I think just like with everything having been shut down, you know, and just everybody had a lot more free time. That was kind of the time to put rationale a little bit more in gear since we were all home and you know we didn't have to necessarily juggle the schedules of three different bands because i think that that was always excuse me sorry i'm always a burpee boy Um, (laughs) you're all good man but um you know that that was not a problem but just always i guess an inconvenience in the past would be that like if we weren't on tour together, which happened a pretty decent amount of the, of the time uh, where we'd be able to work on stuff on the road. Um, but it was just like, we'd always be out and there wouldn't be too much time where like, we're both home at the same time to work on stuff. And sometimes it was easier and quicker to get stuff done uh, together. Um, you know, cause at least me personally, it takes me like a million years to put together even an instrumental just cause I, you know, I'm always like, I don't know where it should go. I don't know where it should go. And then Joe hears it once and he's like, okay, we're going to do this. And this is how the song is going to be done. And it's like, it's a godsend. Um, (laughs) So Joe is like, he's like the deciding factor almost. Like as far as like, you know, it sounds like you can be indecisive and he's just kind of like, that's it kind of thing. Uh, I would say so. I would say so. Yeah. Cause Joe's able to get his, uh, instrumental stuff done quicker on his end. If he's the one that like starts a song. Um, but it's just kind of like, you know, I feel like there's a lot of second guessing from me, uh, in the same way, man. I'm the, I was always that way when it came to, um, I am, I'm so rusty with songwriting. Um, I haven't been doing a lot since, you know, for a long time now, but like back in the, you know, the projection days, I was always so like, do I do that? No, I don't know. Like just always back and forth. Yeah. So it's it's always good to have that second, third opinion and stuff, you know? So it was just nice to have all that time uh, to be able to hang out and put a little bit more effort into it and just get, get it done quicker more organically and you know we just had the time so why not do it you know Mm -hmm. yeah absolutely and and coming from you know the the writing style that you did in real friends as far as like how everyone 
would write or not write together in Real Friends was completely different, I'm sure, from how rationale operates, you know. Yeah, I mean, that that's just more so in the sense that I'm writing a decent amount of the music too whereas with real friends i was focused more so at first on vocal melodies putting helping to put all that together and then uh, eventually I'd, I'd be writing lyrics for the band as well um so that that would be mostly at least creatively all i would touch um yeah whereas then in rationale you know i'm working on music joe's got a more similar situation to rationale that he has with knuckle puck because joe's also you know contributing a lot of uh musical ideas playing guitar on the records as well and stuff so i don't think he's necessarily too much out of his element when working with us but he does um engineer everything like he went and bought like a ton of gear uh the first batch of songs we did a good chunk of it at bricktop studios in uh pilsen that our buddies pete and andy run um and joe just brought some of his outboard gear uh his uh apollo interfaces and we just patched in and just used all his stuff and he engineered the whole thing and stuff which i think it that that's where i think his big change of pace uh comes in when compared to knuckle puck um because he's been really getting into that um especially over the last like couple years and he's been recording like other bands and stuff too and like honing his skills doing that he did his own solo record so it's just cool to see him commit to uh this part as an engineer and being somebody in the band and just and i think that um like this stuff, the, this new record we have is the best sounding we have. And that's, you know, thanks to Joe and all the stuff he's learned from trial and error from like all like the last couple of years recording our past releases and stuff. And so, so Joe, of, so Joe recorded this too. That's, mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Gotcha. That's and Joe, awesome. Joe recorded all of this in the past. We'd have some help with like uh, recording some of the drums and like getting some gear and stuff. Like our first EP, we had uh, Nick Casasano that plays in knuckle puck. He was, uh, he helped us engineer the drums and provided some mics and gear. And we actually did it in his mom's kitchen. <laughs> um, nice. And then the last, re- the our first record, what I'm considering our first record, because it has seven songs on it. You know, we already talked about the limit. Right. Um, <laughs> that that one, we went to uh, Always Be Genius in Crown Point. And with Seth, uh, Seth engineered the drums for us. Just a really big help there. Um, and then this time, you know, Joe wanted to take care of it. Joe felt like he had all the gear, the skill, the know-how, and I would have to agree personally. You know, I think it turned out really good. And then with the help of our friend John Markson, who plays in Such Gold and Taking Meds, he mixed uh, everything and, you know, made it sound as good as it possibly could. Yeah, I was going to say, it It sounds like the best record that Rationale has, has put out so far. And it makes sense to do the drums at Seth because his his live room is just incredible. And you can't beat that when it comes to drums. You have to be so critical. And it's almost like oh, everything, yeah. else, everything else is so much more easier to do on your own and almost in any type of space, you know. Um, but when it comes to drums, that's such a a, a different such a different animal yeah yeah that's why we went to uh bricktop at least for the first batch of songs to have that like live room uh to play around with because we did vocals and drums uh for the first part of the record there and then joe just kind of wanted to uh see what he could do with what we had so we all kind of put all our gear together for the second batch of songs we went to knuckle pucks practice space and recorded the drums there and then did 
um, the guitars, we always did it, Joe's guitars and bass. And then we did all vocals there too. And I think they still turned out, you know, even without like a fully dedicated live room, I think it's, he still was able to work it to where it doesn't sound out of place with the stuff that we actually did in the studio. You know? Yeah. And there is, I mean, your lyrics are always, uh, have very strong, uh, statements. Um, I feel like not in a sense of like, oh, that's a very not like in a political way. It's never been about politics, but just very uh, strong uh, personal uh, statements. And and one of them, like in in uh, incentive. And I don't know if this is yours, or if this is Joe's, but, you know, uh, people it's uh, what people wouldn't want to come near me if I wasn't giving them any money. Right. Was that the, yeah. the lyric? Like, that's just that's just like, wow, that just like opens up a whole can. And I got to know, like, what is that? (laughs) What is that referring to? Is that, and also is that something you wrote or is that Joe's or? That was me. And I will say, I feel like some people thought I was talking about music industry stuff where I will be the first one to say that was not. Uh, Cause that's a song incentive specifically uh, we have had that instrumentally existing since the band started uh, pretty much in 2014. It was like a 30 second idea that Joe had. We would edit it. We'd play around with whatever Joe had. Then Joe would add some extra stuff. We'd add stuff. I added some like spacey guitars to it, et cetera. We demoed it out with Ryan back in 2018 and then didn't have all the vocals necessarily done. Otherwise it would have gone on our last record. You're flawed, oh, okay. but you'll be fine. Um okay. And it, it's about um, my experience working retail, you know, because it, it's just kind of something <laughs> where like, and I don't know if you've ever worked retail, but anybody that has can chime in here and probably agree that some of the customers don't necessarily treat you in the best way. And it seems like they they have some baggage that they bring into the store uh, to unload on you whenever uh, whenever they're having their own problems. And I don't necessarily think that's a fair way of framing it, you know, or, or going about how you kind of cope with things. But um, it's just kind of about like, like if we weren't exchanging goods and money, would you in the first place even be talking to me? And then second place, would you be treating me like this? Yeah. You know, like, cause I yes. remember one time at this retail job, I was, I was helping a customer and, th- and I was still pretty new, but I, I knew my stuff as far as like, you know, tablets and what we were talking about was concerned a specific tablet that he um, wanted to take a look at wasn't working, but it ran on Android. Like a lot of the other ones, there wasn't really too many bells and whistles. And I was like, Hey, if you want to look at like the layout or anything or how the operating system works, it's not going to be too different based on this other one we've got here. If you want to take a look at that. And he's just like, you know, and excuse my French, but he's just like, you know, you don't fucking know what you're talking about. Uh, I can tell you're new here. Can you just fuck, can you give me a manager? Wow. And then, you know, it's just kind of like, you know, first That's off, rude. you don't got to cuss at me. If we knew each other, then you could be cussing at me, but it's <laughs> yeah. like, we don't, it's kind of rude, you know? And like, I'm, you know, and the manager said the same exact thing that I did, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, you know, literally it, it it never, it never pays to be uh, rude to anybody. And especially in a retail sense, because then they're really not going to want to help you, you know, or yeah. they just, you know, they just don't, they, they, I'm sure after that you're like, yeah, well, fuck you too. You know? Yeah. Like, <laughs> And I, mean, I just I, I had to let the manager know what what they were dealing with, you know, and yeah. and then he was just like, yeah, that dude was a prick. So yeah, 
Yep, exactly. Did you? I'm trying to remember. Did you work at Hot Topic? I did not. Like, way back in the day, I was trying no, to. No, that was Vinny. It was Vinny that worked at Hot Topic. Okay. I think. I think, or Pack Sun, or something. I didn't know. Yeah, I was trying to remember. Like, I thought. I thought, yeah, maybe it was Vinny or one of the other guys that worked at. I was trying to remember. One of you worked at like some mall type store when you know Barcade Couture or Exoskeleton was happening, and I couldn't remember which one it was. But um, no, I was working at Jewel at that time. Nice, nice, good old Jewel, man, or as uh, the old folks you know call it the jewels you know yep, yep. i went to the <laughs> i went to the jewels you know um i'm glad we uh i'm glad we talked about that though cuz i'm sure like it, with you know this being like the first record since your departure from real friends i i think and and even some people might think oh well maybe joe wrote this and he's talking about you know knuckle puck or anything like that so it it's good to know that it's actually has nothing to do with no, you know, yeah, with with real friends, and then shift in my beliefs is another uh, a song that I love. It's got a, a lot of moving parts to it, um, and I I think that's something we can all relate to. Like as we get older, we our our, our beliefs shift, but it's also it sounds like in the song, it's like I almost feel like someone's not giving you space to be able to shift your beliefs, right? I mean... I think it's more so like a paranoia of like, I'm going to look like an asshole or I'm going to look, I'm going to look bad admitting defeat, you know, instead of just kind of being like, you know, no, like, because I think in some cases it can be like a binary where it's like, okay to say, hey, I'm wrong, show me what's right. But then in in other cases, it's like, you know, then it's this whole process of then having to be constantly reminded like, hey, you know, this hasn't been handled well or like, you know, you got to grow up or, you know, what have you and stuff. But it's it's definitely, you know, it's I think it was in the uh, second verse. How can I search for a shift in my beliefs uh, when I see the shame it proceeds? Kind of like that. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. You know, um, getting shamed for how you personally think or feel about something, et cetera. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I, I always, that's why I usually choose like myself. I usually don't, I don't post online too much about like my, my personal beliefs just because for that same reason (laughs) of, you know, getting they're they're being shamed attached to it or anything like that you know yeah now i feel that i've definitely cooled down on uh posting a lot i feel like now anytime i post it's either about new music coming out or like when i'm streaming which i guess makes for boring content so <laughs> i'm trying to uh spice it up a little bit but i feel like 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 things that have been my fault in the past where it's like i've i've been manic before and wanted to like pick fights with people that i think weren't you know with things that that didn't have any you know business concerning me and thing and stuff like that to where it's like those things it's like i look back and it's like yeah oh did i handle that right no no Mm -hmm. not at all you know so i think in some cases it's just best to 
be a little bit more reserved. Um, but I still try to keep up with, with like certain, uh, like topics and issues and stuff to stay informed and have things, at least that I'm seeing on social media that might challenge, uh, some of my views on certain things. You know, I think that's definitely healthy, even if I'm not necessarily, um, outwardly expressing what my views are at all times, you know? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And I think, uh, I'm excited for this rationale record because I think there's going to be a lot of new fans just discovering the band for the first time because of of you not being in Real Friends anymore. I think a lot of people are going to think, oh, this must be Dan's new band. And it's like, well, actually, no, this, yeah. <laughs> this band has been around almost as long as Real Friends. Like, you know, yeah. it. It started when, uh, you know, Real Friends was just, you know, starting to get some of that that steam rolling. And um, it's uh, I, I'm I, uh, I and I wasn't didn't Rationale play on some Knuckle Puck and Real Friends tours or vice versa? No, we've only ever played shows. one show. We've only ever played one show. One show. It was with Real Friends. Originally, what happened was uh, Real Friends and Rationale, we had shows booked at Centennial Lanes like uh, a week apart from each other. Um, and then Brian's girlfriend had to go in for a surgery, so we couldn't do the original Real Friends plan date. So I was just like, oh, well, we've got this date a week later if that works better for you where we can just like – merge the shows and whatnot and ended up just working in everybody's favor, you know? Okay. Gotcha. For some reason, I thought there was, uh, like a small string of dates where rationale played on, on a real friends or knuckle puck tour. No, no, I wouldn't want to subject, subject any of us to that, <laughs> you know, necessarily just cause it's like, it's, it's a lot to do like two sets in a night. And then some people are saying, well, like, like back in the day, they'd be like, well, real friends, knuckle puck and home safe and rationale shall play a show together. And I'm just like, do you want to kill Ryan? <laughs> like, yeah, that's right. I forgot about home safe. Yeah. Cause Ryan's oh my playing. God. Yeah. Ryan's got a band for every uh, talent of his, you know, he sings and plays guitar and home safe bass and knuckle puck and then drums and rationale kids a freak mm-hmm. yeah it brought you know i was i was watching i think i was watching the music video for um oh um i'm trying to remember the song now anyway i was i was watching a rash uh, a, a rationale uh, music video before we started talking and and watching you play bass just brought back so many different memories of you know back in the day when we played all those shows together um when you know you were in bar cake tour and exoskeleton and i was in the projection and um like i what's <laughs> what do you miss about what what's a venue you miss from those days I honestly miss uh, Mojo's. Yeah. I think that that was just a, like, cause it was, it was awesome when um, they had their like second and third locations um, and then Fiesta as well. Cause it's like, they were bringing um, touring acts into the South suburbs and stuff um, where for some people it might be a little too much of a hassle to get out to the city. Um, which I mean, if you want to, call it a catch 22 or a vice versa then it's harder for people in the city to get out there but who cares uh we you know they they were bringing uh shows to our home turf while also like adamantly supporting the local scene and stuff you know 
Yeah, you bring up Fiesta Bowl. That was really short-lived. Yeah, like. yeah, that was like the um, intermediary between the Tinley Park Mojos and then the Joliet one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was right. Yeah, that was right before all that, wasn't it? Yeah, I saw a couple of good shows there. I saw the Wonder Years at uh, Fiesta. And I'm sure All well. Time Low played there, didn't they? Or I have that? no idea. I know Hit the Lights played there. Um, I played there once filling in for Show and Tell. Oh, okay. <laughs> Man, Show and Tell. I forgot about Show and Tell. Man. Maybe they played on a Beecher show, I think. We played... Show and the, Tell, yeah. And then yeah. Dave... I, I, I'll never forget this. Because... Um, I, I was up at the front, you know, the stage is like up to here on you, super tall stage. And, you know, Dave was just really into the set, having a good time. And then afterwards, just kind of threw his guitar on the ground, like just to to have that extra dramatic flair. <laughs> and the guitar fell on the ground. This was right in front of my face. And then the headstock just snapped right off. Oh, and my it, God. It took him like a good minute to realize like what had happened. Um, and then like then you just see like you know, this kind of like ecstasy of having finished the show turn into like, what have I done? What have I done? What have I done? Oh man, dude, that would ruin my night. That would so ruin my night. Oh yeah. It was a pretty nice SG too. Yeah. I, uh, I remember my, uh, my brother's band, his lead guitarist, uh, fell off stage one time and yeah, his, it was either his headstock or his neck just broke off the body um right when he fell off the stage and it was yeah i think it was a gibson too and you know and those are all one piece it's not like you can replace the neck yeah i think i don't think it was a bolt-on i mean some gibsons aren't bolt-on but yeah most of them are connect you know connected to the body they're set into the body so i can't remember about this particular one but yeah that was that was a, a, a shitty day for sure um so I mean, what else? Uh, you talk about your streaming. Um, yeah. you're, you're streaming video games, right? Or at least I know that's what you were doing for a long time on Twitch. Um, it's a combination. So I mostly stream video games. I'll do some music every once in a while. Uh, okay. Stuff, DMCA stuff on Twitch is a little tricky. Um, yeah, I just got a, a like an email about what they're doing about music and such, right? That's yeah, they, a... they, they came to some sort of like agreement uh, where I feel like some people misunderstood it thinking that like, oh, we're free from DMCA now. Like we don't have to worry about copyright strikes or anything. When in actuality, they more so struck an agreement for Twitch to go on more of a case by case basis uh, and stuff and to kind of, I guess, uh, you know, certain offenses of it, like first time offenses or like unintentional inf- offenses wouldn't be like heavily uh, reprimanded and stuff like that, where people thought, you know, they just might be able to get off scot free. Uh, yeah. Most of my streams lately have just been rationale stuff, which isn't tied to a label or anything. So I'm able to stream it. We've encouraged other people to stream our music if they so please. So if you feel like playing some rationale on your uh, streams, please do. Um, I did some art for a little while too, um, but I rearranged the room. I've got a shelf up here that I would hook a second DSLR up to, and then just like right on my desk drawing stuff here, but I got to figure out a new setup since I, uh, completely rearranged the room. And then, you know, I'll do some photo editing once in a while. I try to, I try to keep it, 
uh, with the variety, but um, lately it has been heavily gaming. Yeah, that's cool, man. That's awesome. So with like, are a lot of people just playing like music that's not theirs during their streams? Is that pretty much like the... Because I'm, I'm like, I, I haven't been on Twitch that long, so I'm like, I'm kind of new-ish to yeah. uh, Twitch and everything going on there. So I don't, I know a lot of it's gaming, but a lot of it's other stuff too, so. Yeah, the, um, I mean, the music, it it varies. I mean, I think it depends on who you watch, because some people, like there's uh, Shane uh, Told from Silverstein. I've seen yeah. a couple streams that where he'll just like write some stuff for his solo project. He'll yeah. just pop open Logic, you'll see it on the screen, and then he's messing around with it. Um, I've seen people uh what is it called it's called like rocksmith or something where like it's like guitar hero but with an actual guitar like you plug your guitar in and it can read like what you're playing and then it'll show oh, you wow. what to play kind of like guitar hero that's awesome um and uh and then some people like like and then there's uh neil westfall who plays in a day to remember where he he used to stream a bunch where he'd just sit there and like he's like okay i'm going through like the day to remember set for this tour or i'm playing like these uh deep cuts and stuff or like we're playing requests like the you know and just going through all sorts of random stuff so it's kind of uh, and then and then a bunch of people i've seen too i follow a couple of people that do a decent amount of covers um i follow somebody who who has this awesome um midi setup where like the midi f- uh, kind of falls down and then she's playing it on piano and she's got this really cool overlay set up to where it, it like she's got it perfectly integrated to where like it just falls into her piano with her lighting and everything it, it's, oh it's that's so cool sick. yeah Dude, but, I, have, I have to check that out that sounds awesome yeah. <laughs> cool man um so uh the new rationale record is actually dropping this friday if yes. uh, someone happens to be listening to this um Bef- well, e- or even if it's after uh, the uh, 24th, they can uh, listen to the record anywhere. It is being put out uh, via Smart Punk Records. And I know um, the is the pre-order up for the vinyl yet? No, uh, Matt and I were actually on the phone earlier today to solidify uh, what variants we want to do and what specific colors. Hmm. Um so that and then i think joe i hope joe has the layout finished Um, oh he's doing the artwork yeah i think we're um well somebody uh their instagram handle is never glad art they took care of the artwork but joe's putting together like the layout oh i got you for it um so uh yeah so the the vinyl should be available early next year or earlier next year hopefully i think i want i want to hope by march at the latest yeah we would hope i know it's it's it, that's been like a constant theme on the podcast is we're just talking about how far vinyl is being pushed back like you know sometimes six months yeah it's a, it's a lot of stuff too like i don't know about cds but i know because we're trying to do cassettes uh for this record as well and even those are hella backed up right now which sucks but you know what yeah. can you do I don't know what the process is about cassettes and I, I know they're not as popular as records but I feel like they're they're probably maybe second I don't know uh, or if CDs are more popular than cassettes I would think cassettes are more popular right now than CDs but and obviously yeah. vinyl is king but I mean, I I think with cassettes, most at least how we've done them in both Rationale and Real Friends, they were way more of like a a really limited item. 
Yeah. Um, where some people that mess with them really mess with them, you know, and, and, and at least with real friends, I remember first time we put out, uh, tapes, it was when a lot of cars still had tape decks and stuff. So people were just like, Oh hell yeah, I'm going to be bumping this in my car all the time, <laughs> you know? And, but, but that might be the only place that they could listen to it. But, uh, you know, but I think that's something too, where people would buy multiple versions of the record and mm-hmm. stuff. Um, cause I definitely saw a bunch of people that would buy it on CD cassette and vinyl. You yeah. know, and my heart goes out to those people because they truly do love to support music. You know, they yeah. they mess with something. They like it. They they love it. You know. Yep, absolutely. Yeah. And they collect it all. You know, they're yeah. like, yeah, I want this record on all formats. Yep. <laughs> and then you're just like, oh, thank you. Thank you so much. I remember I was I was helping a, um, a podcast listener one time. I was helping him get a special vinyl release of of ocean avenue by yellow card and he was like giving me all these instructions beforehand he's like okay now you got to make sure like you refresh the page like so many times before it actually goes on sale and you know it was just like it's like wow like this is crazy and it, sure enough he was right it sold out in a matter of seconds and i bet this guy got a playstation 5 <laughs> he probably did to be because like um and the reason why I was helping him out is because he came to me and he asked me, he's like, hey, can you try and and get, the, you know, such and such color vinyl in case I can't get it? And I was like, yeah, sure. You know, I'll, I'll help you out. And he ended up getting lucky, but I didn't. So I was like, well, at least he knew what he was doing. But it was just crazy to to watch this go down. I forget which well, it was, you know, one of the, the small uh, record labels that puts out like nothing but reissues and i know okay there's a billion of those labels right now um i can't remember which one but it it was just nuts to watch it just go like that you know um and at one point i think i had one in my cart but then i couldn't check out and then i lost it and it was just a it was just a whole thing so um but uh, i don't think anyone's gonna have that trouble um with the uh rationale record because they'll be able to pre-order it and you know, yeah get it right <laughs> right in their hands you know um so uh if the problem persists is uh the name of the the record um i think oh it's same old as the the current single right yeah is that was the old? most recent one we did the music video for okay awesome um so anything else rational rationale related or anything you need to clear the air on with real friends or anything like that? Uh, um, we've got a show coming up uh, at the beat kitchen in October. Uh, we've got the, that'll be October 15th with better love family of geniuses and Stillwell, uh, which Stillwell is actually one of the bands that Joe uh, did their record engineering and stuff, which okay. was very sick. That's awesome. Um, and the record comes out on Friday and that's really all I got. You know, everything's <laughs> so cool. Man. Gravy with real friends. They just put out a great EP last week and stuff. And yeah, you know. Awesome. Yeah. I, uh, I enjoyed the EP. I thought it was, I thought it was great. Um, and so is the, uh, the rationale record as well. So Appreciate I, that. I, you're welcome, man. I, I, I think you deserve nothing but the best. And, and, and I think it's really important for the fans that, that miss you and real friends know that they can get their, you know, they can get their fill of Dan Lampton on, you know, the new rationale record. And then, 
listen to all the previous stuff too. So yeah, for sure. And, and then if they ever want, if they have complaints, concerns, you know, just come bother me in a stream. Yeah, I'd like to think I'm pretty uh, approachable. Is that the word? Yeah, I would say so. Yeah. yeah, approachable. Yeah, you've always seemed like an approachable guy to me. So you know, I mean, I uh, like I said, we haven't talked in years, but I always thought you were an approachable guy. You know, so. Um, but yeah, man, thank you for doing this. This was it's, it's such a such a, a pleasure and uh, a blast from the past, really. No, yeah, my pleasure too. And then once I did my research and like, you know, I've, I've, uh, cause I retweeted one of y'all's tweets from the rationale account. And then like I did, uh, and then I like looked through to find some clips and stuff. And then I saw it was, you know, I was like, oh shit, that's Jake. Like, (laughs) like, let's go. You know, I was stoked, you know, cause it's it's nice to just get to sit down, catch up. You know, we haven't seen each other in a minute. So to just get to like sit and chill and talk and like still be involved with all this. It's great. Yeah. It, it means a lot. Um, that, uh, you know, because I know it was a long time ago, a lot of things have happened. So I'm glad that you remember as well as I do. So hell yeah. That's, <laughs> and uh, I hope uh, hope to, you know, see you out and about sometime. So, hell yeah. yeah. Come on over it, to the city. Yeah. Are you are you in the city? Yes. Yes. Okay. I will not dox myself with the neighborhood, but I am. No, in, you know, that's yeah, fine. I'm, yeah. I'm in the city now. Yeah. OK, cool, man. Good for you. Um, yeah, I'll definitely have to do that. That'd be great. We'll have to uh, catch up or maybe I'll bump into you at a show or all that. Hell yeah. All that stuff. So have a have a great rest of the night, Dan. And um, Rationale, buy that new record, stream the hell out of it um, if the problem persists. And uh, yeah, I'll talk to you. Talk to you soon, Dan. Have a good one, Jake. All right. Nice thanks talking to you. To you. Yep. Thanks, man. All right. Dan Lampton, uh, once again, of Rationale. It was so great to... Uh, catch up with uh dan after all these years it's been super long since him and i have had a conversation so that was that was wonderful and uh, i really have been enjoying uh the singles rationale has been putting out for that record so make sure uh you can uh hit up smart punk records uh and and keep your eyes peeled for that pre-order as dan said uh the pre-order is not up yet but maybe by the time you're listening to this episode um it might be uh might be available by then if not you can just stream the record wherever it is that you stream music spotify apple music and uh, all those fun places as well the album once again is called if the problem persists uh, so that wraps up this episode i'm jacques lamore please also support our sponsor title sponsor as well pop punk takeout uh they have uh a, it's a it's a monthly takeout uh or it's a it's a takeout box. There's a pizza version, pizza box version, and then a Chinese takeout box version where they literally stuff all kinds of merchandise from pop punk artists from all over the world into these takeout boxes, and they make sure that they get delivered right to your door. And so far, they've worked with some pretty uh, you know reputable artists like MXPX, Krista Manx of Less Than Jake, Keep Flying, and so many others. Maybe Rationale will make their way into a takeout box one day so you can go to poppunktakeout.com to uh, buy uh, or sign up for your subscription today you can also follow them on uh, Facebook, Instagram and TikTok at poppunktakeout and while you're uh, on social media go ahead and give us a follow if you haven't already we're on Facebook, Twitter 
and Instagram at Pop Punk Takeout. Our website, Pop Punk, or did I say, I said Pop Punk Takeout. I meant poppunkpizzapod.com um, and uh, at Pop Punk Pizza Pod on socials. Uh, but make sure you sign up for our newsletter. Uh, we just put out, oh, that's something I wanted to share with you as well. Uh, we just turned, the podcast just turned five years old. And uh, I do want to say that I'm so grateful for all of your love and support these past five years. And uh, one of the uh, things we're doing to celebrate five years is that I had this very special t-shirt designed by uh, Devin Parker from an amazing band called Till Morning that you should check out if you haven't already. Uh, But he's also a graphic artist and he does some amazing work for such bands as Less Than Jake. Um, I had him design this t-shirt. It's actually a Chinese lucky cat eating pizza how cool is that and then of course it says pop punk and pizza around the cat uh while he's you know holding his uh pizza in his hand but uh, this shirt is available now in our merch store at poppunkpizzapod.com and if you want two dollars off your order just use that uh, promo code pop punk at uh checkout and uh, $2 just slashed off your order just like that. So please order that shirt today. Uh, truly appreciate your support there. And uh, make sure you subscribe to us wherever, wherever it is that you listen to podcasts, Apple Music, all that uh, fun stuff. Give us a positive rating and review as well. So next week on the podcast, uh, we stream live every single Wednesday, 7 p.m. Central Time on our Facebook, Twitch, and YouTube. And uh, so the next live stream will be September 29th. And that is going to be with uh, Matt Sullivan, who uh, is in a uh, ska punk band called Title Holder. And then we're going to talk to Dave from Big D and the Kids Table as well. So it's going to be a whole ska punk episode coming your way next week. If you don't catch the live stream, of course, you can listen to the podcast the following day, every Thursday on uh, your favorite podcast app. So have a a great rest of uh, the day, whatever time of day it is you're listening to this. Remember to keep those thoughts positive because what we think we become. And I will uh, talk to you next week. Hello, it's nice to meet ya. Hey, come in and have a slice of pizza. Hey.